Uh, it's uh, no secret uh, if you've come, if you've gotten to know me at all over the last year. Uh, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite hobbies, has always been sports. Um, I've, uh, I, I've I like sports. I watch sports. I've played sports, uh, but sports has always been a big hobby of mine. Um, one of my favorite things uh, about going to sporting events, uh, because I'm so uh, loud and obnoxious, uh, one of my favorite things to do, uh, especially at baseball games, is to heckle the other team, um, especially when they deserve it, right? Um, if they're being a brat on the field or if they're, they're, they're just, like, arguing with umpires and things like that, it just, they deserve it. So, like, I just like to sit in the stands and holler at different things and those kind of things. Um, when I was in college, it was really bad. <laughs> uh, I was that guy uh, at, at sporting at different baseball games. Um, I, at LSU, especially, we were. It was like an Olympic sport uh, to be able to just be able to come up with the best burn of the outfielder or whoever was your your target for that game. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I remember one of them. One of the best things that I had ever heard at a sporting event. Now this is early days of social media, early days of smartphones. Um, I, I remember being in the outfield. It was this like little team from the Midwest that had come in to play LSU. Uh, the left fielder for this team, uh, or the right fielder, the right fielder for this team, uh, he was his high school's quarterback, had thrown an interception in the state championship game with five seconds left to lose the game. All right? A student from LSU, not, my, not me, not somebody in my friend group, but this random guy went down to the front railing and read his local newspaper's article to him. I loved every second of it. It got to the point where the, the right fielder in between pitches turned around and looked and was like, really, dude? Like, come, like worst moment of his athletic career, and they read it to him. Oh, it was great. The captive audience, it was so funny. Anyway, um, I just remember, like, the, when I was, like, as a, but I just, like, I remember doing these kind of things. It was a lot of fun. We used to think, like, sitting in the stands and, and, goofing off and hollering and coming up with these jokes and all this kind of stuff, we used to think we were having an effect on the game. Now, we might have had a small portion, a small thing. I think that guy in particular was really embarrassed. But, but for the most part, it was small, if at all, right? Like the effect that we were actually having on the game. But we had fun with it, and it was like a sport. It was a spectator. We, we were really spectators. That, that's what we were. We were watching the game happen. The effect in the stands was not nearly as much as we thought, but we didn't. The, the, the outcome was happening because of the players, people on the field, right? We were spectators, pretty useless, hollering, goofing off, laughing, but for the most part, spectators, and that's about it. Now, I, I say that, and I'm going to say this, and then I promise they're going to tie together, so just bear with me. Um, this weekend, uh, I, uh, my, my high school, uh, they had their alumni softball tournament. I graduated from Central in 2007. We got a bunch of our, my classmates together, um, and we played softball this weekend. And uh, as, I, uh, as I swung at my first pitch and hit a nice fly ball to left field, the left field that made one heck of a play on. It was a terrible pop fly. Anyway, um, and I sprinted down to first base. Uh, I realized that I'm 34 and not 24 anymore. Because I got felt like something bit me in the leg, and that's what we call a pulled hamstring, right? Got worse and worse and worse. By the end of yesterday, I was walking like I was walking. But we were preparing for games. Instead of warming up, throwing, I was putting uh, BioFreeze on one leg. I was taking Advil. I was just trying to survive and drink water, right? Like that's all we were doing. It was rough, right? 
It's a whole different element to be a player than to be a spectator. It's a completely different thing to be a player as opposed to a spectator. Spectator's easy. Spectator's fun. Spectators holler. There's no real buy-in. You get to judge and tell what people should do and complain about the coach and complain about this and that should not happen that way and this should go on this way and why doesn't he do this and blah, 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 all these things. You get to have all the fun and all the judgment and just watch from afar with little to no, like little to no investment. Player, on the other hand, you're in it. The result depends on you. If you fail, your team loses. If you succeed, your team wins. Completely different experiences of being a spectator as opposed to a player. Our church, from the very, very beginning, has been struggling with spectator versus player. And I'll prove it to you tonight. Our first reading today came from the Acts of the Apostles, the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles. It's the first 11 verses, if I'm not mistaken, of the Acts of the Apostles. Now, if you don't know about the Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the Apostles was written by St. Luke, the same St. Luke that wrote the Gospel according to Luke, right? We hear the beginning and the first words of the, of the first reading today that we hear in the first book. This is what we covered. What he's talking about is Luke basically wrote the two to be two books of the same story. You want to do something interesting? Read the Gospel of Luke, then read the Acts of the Apostles. It's one continuous volume. Two books, one story. It's meant to go from one straight into the other. What Luke says, though, is he starts with the Acts of the Apostles, and he starts with the story of the Ascension. He starts with the story of the celebration that we celebrate today. And Jesus has this little dialogue with his apostles. He gives his last, like, I'm coming back, don't worry. He's lifted up. He disappears into a cloud, and he is gone. And the apostles just saw this miracle happen in front of them. They have heard every one of Jesus' teachings. They have walked with him. They have been formed by him. They have watched him die on a cross. They have seen him resurrected. And they've spent 40 days after the resurrection with him, still being taught including what we heard in our Gospel today, of go and make disciples. And after all of this happens, He ascends, He disappears from their, from their sight, and they find themselves awestruck and just looking up. Where did He go? That's a cloud. I hope that bird misses. Right? Like, he just they're just there, looking up. So much so, they're stuck in this spot of just standing there and looking up that two men in white garments, two angels appear and ask a very, very poignant question. Men of Galilee, what are you doing looking at the sky? What are you doing just looking at the sky? This posture of just, just looking up is useless. This posture of looking up does nothing. It wanders. It thinks. 
but nothing happens. It's useless. You, you can almost hear Jesus' words in the Gospel like coming through the question, right? Like you can almost hear, like, men of Galilee, what are you doing? Just standing around looking up at the sky. You can almost hear, like, what are you doing? He told you what to go do. Go and make disciples. But, you're just here, looking up. Now we can be very, very, uh, I think sometimes we can be very judgmental, and I, I know I'm typically the one that's very judgmental, looking back at the, uh, looking back at gospel figures, right? Peter puts his foot in his mouth and it's like, why are you such an idiot? You know, like all these things. But like, I think in this case, we can typically, we can look at it and be like, oh yeah, they're just standing there looking up like, ha, the big dumb disciples, they should have gone out, right? Like, okay. This still happens today though. The, the, the looking up posture, that useless posture, still happens today. And I think in our, in our Christian world, in our Christian and Catholic church, I, I think it's actually it, it's actually even worse. This is what it sounds like. Somebody should do something about that. Somebody should do something about that issue. So somebody, politician, governor, whatever. Somebody should outlaw abortion. Somebody should do something about this pro-choice stuff. Somebody should take on all of these issues with, with ma against marriage and family and all these attacks on the family and all this. Somebody should do something about it. Somebody should proclaim the truth about our sexual identity and who we are as men and women and how we relate to one. Somebody should do that. Somebody. Somebody should straighten out all of the racism that we see over there. Somebody should, should tell that political party, fill in the blank, either one of them, that they're dishonest or that they don't uphold the, the truth or they're this or they're that. or that. Somebody should do it. Somebody should do it. Men and women of Thibodeau, what are you doing just looking up? A, a, a challenge, I think, in, in this feast and in these scriptures in particular for us is to understand what it means to be church. Because spectating is easy. Spectating and watching is really, really easy. Because it's easy to point and tell the coach, you should have took the pitcher out. It's easy to tell the defensive coordinator what he should have called. It's easy to tell the, the band what they should do. But being a player is hard. Being a player means we might fail. Being a player might mean I might get hurt, even if it is running to first base because I'm old, right? Being a player means I might, I might be rejected. Jesus didn't say, point out all the issues of the world. Jesus said, go and make disciples. 
Jesus didn't say, just watch the culture spiral into hell. He, he said, no, 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 go and make disciples. He said, go and proclaim the truth. One, one of my favorite images in all of Scripture, I may have shared this before, and if I did, I'm sorry, but bear, bear with me, is the last phrase. We, we talked about the very beginning of Acts of the Apostles. I love the end of Acts of the Apostles. I'm going to read the last two verses. So in the Acts of the Apostles, what we hear is the early centuries of the, the early like decades of the church. And we hear St. Peter and, and what he did and St. Paul and his conversion from persecuting Christians to then spreading the word, right? We hear about the apostles coming together at the Council of Jerusalem. We hear about these all these early like mission missionary moments in the church of going out and proclaiming the gospel and the and the crazy ways that the Holy Spirit was working through them and and they were being stoned almost to death and then they would walk off, shake it off, and then they would write out back preaching again, right? We just hear these miraculous moments over and over and over that were happening in the early church. And this is what it crescendos too. It's amazing. Listen, uh Paul lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. End of the book. And the reason why that's such an awesome moment, such a perfect way to end the Acts of the Apostles is because it doesn't say they lived happily ever after. It doesn't say story over. It doesn't come to some kind of nice, clean landing and everybody lived happily ever after and everything went perfect and everything was all good and there was peace and tranquility in all the land. The reason why I like that more than anything else is because the Acts of the Apostles is not finished being written right now. Like after the early apostles, then like Benedict a couple hundred years later, like transformed the church with early monasticism. Like a couple hundred years later... You had people like Francis and Dominic and, and Ignatius that just transformed the church, right? A couple hundred years later, you had people like John Paul II, Mother Teresa, St. Faustina, Maximilian Kolbe, uh, Padre Pio. In the last hundred years, we had these great saints that were continuing to write the story. And that story's handed down to us now. Jesus didn't look at the apostles and say, Peter, you go and make disciples. Or John, you go and make disciples. Or Thomas, you quit doubting and then go make disciples, right? What he did was, is he looked at him and said, all of you church, go be church. All of you, you've received from me, now go give it. Now go share it. Now go proclaim it. And that command echoes down to us today. Jesus doesn't say, bishops, you go do it. Or priests, you go do it. Y'all better be doing it. But everybody, go. Go and proclaim the gospel. Go and make disciples. Go and share the ways in which I have worked in your life with the masses. Just imagine that on a weekly basis, here we have somewhere between 800 to 1,000 people that come to Mass. Beautiful, great, love it. But just imagine if everybody in this church this week shared their faith. Even to one person. Someone you work with, someone you live with, a friend, someone at the gym, someone that's laying next to you at the, at the, um, 
at, at the, the, the physical therapist because they pulled their hamstring too, right? Like somebody to share your faith with somebody who hasn't heard the name Jesus in a while. Just imagine the impact. I, I don't mean hit and share or like or, or, or double-clicking to put some hearts on a little post or something like that. that. That's easy. That's simple. That's spectating kind of Christianity. And the last thing we need is more spectating Christianity. More virtue signaling for Christians. Yeah. I, I mean face-to-face. Hey, this is how God's worked in my life. I just want to share this with you. Hey, 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 I, man, let me tell, I was praying the other day and fill in the blank. That's how the church spread. And that's how it continues to spread today. But if we're spectating and that's it, it's not going anywhere. If we're just watching, if we're just standing there looking up, we're useless. Simple as that. And we're not listening to Jesus. Who said, go and make disciples. Today, as we come to this Mass, the Lord continues to sustain us. He continues to feed us. He continues to empower us. He continues to embolden us. But He, can, he continues to encourage and, I dare say, command us. To go out. As we come to the summer, it's really easy to get lazy. And and don't get me wrong, if you're a student, like rest, right? If you're a teacher, rest and enjoy it, right? Like that's okay. But it doesn't give us an excuse to just spectate. Are, are we living as a spectator? Or are we living as a player? Spectating is easy, and playing can be hard, and even hurt. <laughs> but God is calling us to stop just watching, and to get to the game. Like, to, to go and actually make disciples. May we not just hold our faith in the church, but may when we leave here, we go out and we be church.